Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Eric. Hello, Ward. We're here for a, another episode of our podcast, which is powered by... Sing us a song, you're the pigs, man. <laughs> no, Sing us a song tonight. Oh, I knew you'd go Billy Well, Joel. we're all in the mood for some recruiting news. And you've got us feeling all right. Yep. I yep. Hey, I, hey. I don't know they, about the direction this yeah, is Yes. Well, look, people were insulting the pig's uh, siren call that I was doing. So, But I'm, I still liked it. I know, but uh, but you know what? I'm trying to listen to the people. I'm trying to listen to some of the people. Okay. So, I mean, a if, vocal minority, I bet. Yeah, well, they're... If there's anything that'll get us back to doing those, <laughs> it's what I'm doing now. Uh, we got a fun one today. First of its kind. First ever of its kind for us. Groundbreaking. But let's remind people of the little housekeeping we have to do. We are one week closer to November 16th, the first ever Hoosier Hysterics Homecoming. Join us at the Bluebird. The Hysterics are playing the bird. Finally. That's where Wilco got their start. Yes. Why, why not us? I'm not sure if that's where they got their start. Well, it was they one of- They played there was what, uh, when they were starting. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's also where Jack Fife got it started. No, Bluebird though, that is and it's I'm incredible. I'm on record of that is my favorite all-time bar, not just because my future wife uh played rock shows there and I fell in love with her on the stage of the Bluebird, but uh it's just got the perfect atmosphere for what we're putting together. It's iconic. It holds a bunch of people. It's roomy. It's yeah, got it's a gonna stage. Be great. And we want to pack it and tickets are going fast, but there's still some available, so go to at Hoosier Hysterics, no vowels and hysterics, to click on the link. Uh, I'll pin it to my profile so that you guys can click on the link to get tickets. Um, tickets include attendance, obviously, free barbecue provided by Ooh Barbecue. Ooh Barbecue. George Leach and Jeff Newton, former Hoosier Stars barbecue business out of Charlotte. They're coming to Bloomington on November 16th, and they are going to have their barbecue there. They have something called a barbecue Sunday. What? Yeah. What? It's layers of mac and cheese and beans and beef. and I mean, that's going to be there. So your ticket entitles you to that. Your ticket entitles you to two drinks. Think about this. Think about this. Two guys that were instrumental in getting us to the national championship are jumping in their very in-demand food truck in the Carolinas and driving all the way to Bloomington 
to service up some of that ooh-wee barbecue. To be part of this event, to be part of the homecoming event, the ticket also entitles you to two drinks. You can buy more drinks after that. And the cost of the tickets is how much, Ward? Uh, I was trying to remember if you add it up with like the taxes and the fees. Carry the one. Carry the one. Uh, that's where I get messed up. But I, it all ends up coming out to absolutely zero. Free. No money at all. Zero. That's a good deal. That is a great deal. We will also, at this event, be giving away tickets to IU versus Turdue. Yes, it's Turdue. I sent the uh, write-up for the Hoosier Hysterics Homecoming event to Mike Pagram, who texted me after I sent it to him and said, did you mean to write IU versus Turdue? And I said, yeah. Uh, Yeah. They're turds. (laughs) So, yes, I did. Uh, We'll be giving away special tickets to that game where you also have the uh, ability to play basketball on Assembly Hall's court. Not during the game, but at a different time. Yeah, that would be weird. That would be weird. And we will be giving away Pacers versus Hornets tickets. Tickets in the suite at, what's it called now? Banker's Life? I think it's changing. I think they're selling it to somebody new to sponsor. The, The Pacers Arena. Sit in the suite and then get a picture with Cody Zeller and Victor Oladipo. Get to meet them after the game. I've heard of those guys. We're going to give those away at the event. This event is going to be incredible. We want to see as many of you as we can there. Please, please, RSVP, sign up, register, Eventbrite. Go to our Twitter, at Hoosier Hysterics, No Vowels and Hysterics. And, man, uh, let's get to this one. Hoosier Hysterics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, We have an especially special guest today. Eric, take a deep breath, gather yourself. You've got a very, very long list of accolades to get through before we talk to our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to a woman who hails from Mount Carmel, Illinois, where she was two-time Miss Basketball in the state of Illinois, a Parade High School All-American, the National High School Coaches Association Player of the Year. She finished her career as the all-time scoring leader in the state of Illinois, averaging 38 points a game. She was WBCA All-American Honorable Mention 2017-18, Honorable Mention 2016-17, uh, by the way, the only Hoosier ever to make that list. WBCA All-Region uh, 2016-17. Wade Trophy List Watch for 2017-18 and her junior year. Citizens Naismith Trophy Watch List her senior year. Naismith Trophy Preseason Top 50. All Big Ten First Team through her senior year, her junior year, her sophomore year. We have... Postseason WNIT Most Valuable Player, Senior Class Award Finalist, Academic All Big Ten three years in a war, uh, three years in a row, Big Ten Player of the Week several times, Big Ten Freshman of the Week several times, Big Ten Medal of Honor. I mean, number one all-time scoring at Indiana. By the way, the next closest person is 400 points behind her. (laughs) Number one all-time in free throws made. Number one all-time in assists. Number one all-time in steals. Number two all-time in threes made. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to the single greatest women's basketball player to ever play at Indiana University. Please welcome Tyra Buss. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! Thank you. Thanks for having me. How did that all sound when you when you heard all that? What does that feel like? It feels it feels pretty great to you know think about all the all the honors that you know I've um, you know been honored to have while I was playing basketball at Indiana University and uh, you know obviously I don't really like to talk about myself. Um, <laughs> well, you know, the, the team. The, 
The team awards is way better, but it does feel good to hear that, I guess. All right, well, wait. It, before, wait, it, I, it made me, as you yeah. were saying all that, and, and even just from the, the high school days, I'm like, this is like like Damon Bailey on the, on the men's side of you coming in with such uh, incredible hype and accolades and parade all American. That's the one that keyed me. I was like, it's 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 uh, Damon Bailey for the for the ladies program. It's really remarkable. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that a couple times. As I well. bet. Uh, Tyra, as I read off that list, I know and I know this about you. And by the way, anybody who follows you on social media. Or, or just has seen interviews with you or has followed the women's team when you played there, the thing that stands out about you is just the absolute joy that you played the game with and that you have for your teammates. It just seems like there is no human being who could possibly love being on her team or his team more than you. Is that, is yeah. that fair to say? Absolutely. That's why, you know, I, I love basketball so much and have such a passion for it is because it is a team sport. Um, and that's why, you know, that all the individual successes are great. But I honestly like and I say this with, you know, I'm all honesty, like I would not have, you know, any of the words if it wasn't for my teammates, because I'm not out there doing it by myself, um, you know, and my coaches as well. And so obviously, you know, I, I do have a lot of, you know, different individual accolades but my favorite my most favorite memory that I'll always remember is us winning the WNIT championship just because that's that's all I've ever wanted to do was win a ch championship with my team well we are definitely going to get to that but just be selfish for one second for me of all the things <laughs> I listed of all the things I listed which is the one that sticks out to you that is most meaningful uh, or, or if I didn't list it name me the one thing individually that you were awarded with that that is the one that, like, right before you go to sleep, you're like, oh, yeah, it's cool that I got that. <laughs> I would say, I mean, there's there's probably two. Probably being, like, the all-time leading scorer in Illinois for high school, you know, scoring almost nearly 5,000 points, career points, and then um, definitely being the number one all-time leading scorer in Indiana University on the women's side. Awesome. It's a good indication you're doing something right. Yeah, pretty good at basketball. <laughs> So, yeah. what, so, so what are you up to now? What what's going on in your life uh, now? You've been gra you've been uh, a graduate of IU for a couple years now. Uh, where are you yeah. living? Uh, and what's keeping you busy during the day? Yeah, so actually, I uh, um, I'm a physical education major, and so um, I wasn't allowed to student teach during season. And since with both of our, you know, we're our seasons both in the fall and the spring. Um, so I actually had to stay an extra semester to finish that um, when basketball was over. So obviously I did, you know, I went to WNBA training camp with the Connecticut Sun as soon as I, um, you know, got done playing in 2018. So in May, um, April, end of April, early May, I went to, um, you know, Connecticut to that WNBA training camp. And then after that, um, in the fall, I went overseas and played in Greece for a little bit. Um, so I didn't do my student teaching then. So then I came back from Greece and then ended up doing my student teaching this past spring um, of, you know, 2019. And so I just graduated this past May. And um, right now I'm still working out, training every day, obviously. And then um, I also am doing, um, I'm training kids. So different age, you know, ranges from literally I've trained six-year-olds to 18-year-olds. Um, and so I'm just, you know, just keeping busy doing that, giving individual and um, you know, semi-private, but also private um, lessons to, 
you know, to different to different uh, different kids. And so that's what basically what I'm doing right now. Um, and then I just got a little BTN gig where I'm going to be um, broadcasting the women's basketball games for the for Big Ten Network. Nice. Um, this, Excellent. This upcoming season. So, yeah, that'll be fun. But wait, Tyra, uh, we got to take a step back for just one second because yeah. you, you just blew by it and it's such a huge deal. You are, uh, if you are a parent listening to this podcast, and we know we have a lot of parents out there, and you have a son or a daughter who you want to learn how to play the game of basketball, and you want a little bit more coaching than just an AAU program or a youth league, you can have potentially the greatest female basketball player ever to walk through Assembly Hall, Tyra Buss coach your kid and help get them better tyra is there a website we can direct people to 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 get you some uh some more people really just um my social media so twitter instagram they're both um you know at tbus3 and then also just um through email as well i have a little document i send to all uh, my clients to kind of tell them you know the different things that i provide um the the prices and, and things like that and to be clear, you're based in Bloomington still? I am. I am living in Bloomington still. Um, that, and oh, so that's, I do. you're so lucky. <laughs> you're so lucky. I <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. Here. It's um, funny because, so, yeah. uh, not to speak like out of school, but when I was back for the camp, after uh, the fantasy camp, the, the Vic Archie yeah. fantasy camp, after we were done playing, I got showered up and then came out. And I see a woman on the court just, you know, <laughs> making every basket that she shoots, which was, you know, just I mean, just seeing somebody make that many baskets on that court was alarming to me because I didn't know the ball could go through the basket after my performance. Um, but there was Tyra Buss. And I was like, well, I got to go talk to Tyra because, she, to be honest with you, I think she's ghosting me on uh, on my text. Yeah, you'd already been stalking her no. digitally. <laughs> I told you, I told you, you need to call me. Calling me is a lot easier because I have a lot of texts in my phone. I, I have a lot of group messages. Well, that so. you were right. You showed it to me. You were absolutely right. You couldn't have been nicer. And I have to say, and I hope this doesn't embarrass you, but there were a lot of luminaries back for that camp. I mean, Vic was back. Calbert Cheney came back for a little while. Brian yep. Evans. There was yep. no one more popular in that room than Tyra Buss. Everyone <laughs> wanted to take a picture with her. Everyone wanted to talk to her. It was, and she couldn't have been, you could not have been more gracious, Tyra, to talk to everybody. It was really cool to uh, to see you there and, and to see you shooting buckets on, at Assembly Hall, sporting your uh, IU gear too. So uh, so I stopped you. Again, any parent out there who wants their kid to take their game to the next level, please reach out to Tyra. T-Bus 3? Is that T-Bus 3? T-Bus 3. T-Bus 3, All right, so you've got that, that going. You're doing the Big Ten Network games. So will you travel around at all for that, or that will that be Bloomington games? Yeah, no. So um, I'm. they like that I'm based in Bloomington because I can – you know, pretty much drive to Illinois, Ohio State, Purdue. You know, there's a lot of different Big Ten schools that are, are close close to here. Um, but then I'll, I can also, you know, I'll also fly to Maryland, Rutgers, um, you know, the Michigan, things like that in Nebraska. And so I'll travel around basically anywhere, everywhere that they send me to. And, um, and, it won't just be Indiana games. And are you doing color, play-by-play, sideline reporting? What's your, your deal this season? I, yep, color. So I'll be color. Cool. Nice. That's going to be really fun. 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I did uh I did an audition in early um early August. Um I went to the, you know, Big Ten Network studio in Chicago, which was really, really cool to kinda um, you know, tour that and, and see um kind of the behind the scenes, um, you know, that I would have never, you know, been able to see before. So I thought that was really neat. Um and then I was very, very nervous. I've never really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I've kind of been into broadcasting, but I've never taken a broadcasting class. I've never really been taught anything to do with that. So um, I was a little nervous, but they thought I did a really good job. And so um, they wanted me to, you know, do a lot of games this season. So I'm really excited to get that started. Did you hit up like Doris Burke and say like, hey, how, how's the lady make it? Like, how are we going to take this next level, Doris? I probably should have, but no, I did not. By the way, I was just going to say, uh, speaking uh, as a broadcaster on this podcast, uh, and and speaking for Ward here, I would tell you as we go through this interview with you, take some notes because what you want to do is everything the opposite of what we do. <laughs> if, if you just do that, you will be well on your way. I can't believe okay. I can't believe Eric called us broadcasters. That's the first and last time we're ever going to be called broadcasters. You guys need to give yourselves some credit. Nah, well, well, we do off camera. Don't worry. Off when okay, we're not okay. recording, we just tell each other how great we are all day. As we as we walk into my garage and close the door behind us. Yeah. So, Tyra, let's take. Take a step back and start back in Mount Carmel, Illinois, and how you found the game of basketball. What What's your earliest memory of of watching basketball, and, and how did that translate to you wanting to play it? Uh, yeah, so I started at a really, really young age. I would probably have to get a lot of my credit to, I mean, obviously my parents, but you know, my biggest role models were definitely my two older brothers. Um, and they were quite a bit older than me. One is uh, my oldest brother's 10 years older than me, and then my other brother's six years older. Um, so there's quite a bit of, you know, an age difference. And so growing up, even when I was younger, I wanted to always be, um, you know, around them and their friends. And they would always be playing different sports, you know, basketball, baseball, football. Um, and so they kind of, you know, let me, um, you know, they embraced me and they just let me kind of hang around them, even though I was a lot younger and I was a girl. Um, but their only rule was that I couldn't go crying back to mom and dad. Yes. So that, that was the only rule that if, as long as I played with them and they were beating me up, I couldn't go crying back to mom and dad or else I could never play with them again. So definitely the, my toughness is, is um, you know, thanks to them. Um, and I give, you know, them a lot of credit, obviously. Um Try not to to their fa- to their face because yeah, you know they kind of have they have, yeah big heads but um, no but for real I'm I'm really close with them and I think just going to their different sporting events growing up um, and then you know just having a basketball in my hand at a young age I just kind of you know just had that passion for it um, and I had a lot of you know natural ability playing but then also since I loved it so much I worked extremely hard and um you know I loved all different sports you know you couldn't there wasn't a day you wouldn't find me with any type of you know baseball I played baseball with the boys until I was 14 years old I never played softball you know I was playing basketball with the boys and then obviously when I got to fifth and sixth grade I had to you know play with my school ball team so I just kind of grew up with like my older brothers and playing with with boys and that kind of made me you know who I am and and you know, made me a better basketball player. And then, you know, also any type of football. I, I did pump, pass, and kick competition. I, I played soccer. Just really, I did anything and everything that I could. I loved to run. My mom was a runner. So I was always running with her, you know, at a young age. And so 
it's just, you know, my parents are super athletic. My brothers are super athletic. And I just kind of was fortunate enough to grow up in such a, you know, a family that just loves sports. Now, you are a little too young to remember the glory years of Michael Jordan in terms of why uh, somebody coming from Illinois would be a, a gravitate towards basketball. Was there was there any basketball players as you were young that you would get, watch college or NBA and, and start to kind of get an idea like maybe that's where you wanted to focus your talents or was it more something – as you were growing up, you were just like, oh, this is the thing I'm actually the best at of all these sports. Yeah, there wasn't – I don't think there wasn't – like, I get this question a lot, like, who did I, like, look up to, like, as a basketball player? And I, I can I can never really say a, a name because I didn't – and, like, I watched basketball a lot, but I just – I don't know. I grew up just growing with my brothers and having them be my role models. I didn't really, you know, look or watch anyone else. Um, and so – I think even though I played other sports, since I was about five or six years old, I just loved basketball and I would always have, you know, basketball in my hands. And even, you know, my parents would laugh because I would sleep like with a basketball, you know, next next to my bed. And I would like practice form shooting shots, you know, like every night before going to bed just at a young age. And they just knew, you know, they didn't want to push me too hard but because, you know, you don't want to like burn someone out. But they just knew like. I was going to grow up and, and, and play basketball, and that was going to be, you know, my go-to sport. But uh, I was a four-sport athlete in high school, so I kind of, you know, kept, you know, those other sports around. But I just knew basketball was my passion, and I knew that's, you know, what I wanted to do um, at the next level. Well, in this age of specialization for athletes where it's like, oh, figure out what you're good at at age four and do nothing else, what do you think being a multi-sport athlete throughout high school provided you with that you wouldn't have gotten if you were only hooping yeah and I think that's something you know I've always you know said I would want that you know they think they talk about specializing in one sport but really I think you know being a multi-sport athlete has you know shaped me into the person I am today and um, you know I absolutely I played uh, tennis and cross country in the fall and so I was a two-sport athlete in the fall and even though tennis was my main sport um, absolutely did not like cross country at all. Mm. I love to run, but running three miles hard for time and just hurts so bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, but honestly, honestly, I did it because one, my mom, like I said, was a runner. So she was also my track coach and she would make sure I was in the top notch shape. Um, you can only imagine how workouts with her went, uh, yeah. um, but she, um, you know, she told me, that this cross country was going to help with endurance going into, you know, my basketball and the winter season. And so honestly it did. I didn't, you know, I played every single game and never came out. So I played, you know, all um, 32 minutes in high school, I played every single minute. And I think, you know, just having that endurance with cross country really helped, even though I didn't like it as much. Um, I think that helped, you know, get through, um, you know, all, all four quarters without even, you know, getting tired. And I think that's where I would, you know, be a lot better than others. And then um, obviously I did, did track in the spring. Um, and like I said, my mom was my track coach. And so that was one of my, that's something that I really do miss is, is even though she would absolutely kill me at workouts, um, I've never been in better shape in my life than whenever I was working out with her. So I think it just really just helped, you know, with, staying in shape, um, being able to, to do different, different things. Like even I did pump pass and kick until I was 15 years old. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. Yeah, competition. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. But yeah. And so, um, I, you know, and it takes, it takes you a lot of different places too. And you get to meet a lot of cool people. 
Um, you know, I went to nationals um, in pump, pass, and kick when I was 13 years old. Ended up coming runner-up, which stinks. But <laughs> I, um, I was fortunate to, you know, go to San Diego um, and, you know, go to, the, you know, the Chargers. I don't even know who they were playing that game. Um, but then also whenever I was 10 or 11, so um, it was whenever St. Louis, you know, was there, the St. Louis Rams. Yeah. Um, obviously not a team anymore, but we would do the, our state competition would be at the, at the Edwards Jones dome there. And so I, even though we had to wear our St. Louis, um, our St. Louis jerseys to the game, I always competed in a Brett Favre because we're huge Green Bay Packer fans. My, my parents were born and raised in Wisconsin. Oh, so okay. Huge, huge Badgers, huge Badger fans. It was really, really hard for them to accept me coming to Indiana. Yeah, huge, good for huge you. Huge Badger fans. You right, saw the huge light. Badger fans and huge cheeseheads. And so um, they're huge, huge, huge um, Brett Favre fans. So I would always compete in a jersey. Well, that year, um, the Packers were actually playing against the Rams, and so it was really cool because everyone else had their St. Louis stuff, St. Louis Rams jerseys on to to participate, and I was wearing my, um, you know, Brett Favre jersey, and so he came over to me after the competition, and he, um, you know, was talking to me, and he asked me if he could sign my jersey, and I was like, uh, yeah, of course, and so it was really cool. Everyone was super jealous, um, so that was something that was really, really neat. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. I've just always loved – any any type of sport that you know you could possibly think of. So. How how far can you throw a football? I I don't want to. I don't like I said. I don't want to. You know, come off. You know, sounded like I'm just the best, but I can throw a football pretty far for a girl. No, I I bet. See, I don't. What what I love about you and is that there's no for a girl stuff like that. <laughs> that's you're True. just an incredible athlete. Period. Uh, True. Uh, and so, like, yeah. like, could you throw it? Could you throw it like forty yards? Could you throw a football? Yeah, 40? I can. Th- I can, yeah, I can throw a little over forty. Yards. Tyra, wow. I can't run a football forty yards. <laughs> That's what, the difference here. When you mentioned tennis, I was like, oh, tennis. I was actually pretty good at tennis in high school. Maybe I could. Ch- no, I no, wouldn't. She, she would destroy me. You. And anything that requires athletic ability, I would be destroyed. Yeah. And I also the get the sense that-, that you're in amazingly competitive. Oh my gosh, that's something. I mean, I'm competitive with anything. I literally hate to lose. Like, it could be the smallest thing. We could be playing like a card game, and I would still get just heated if I lost. Like, so, and some things are even just luck. But I'm just such a competitor, and that's like it. Sometimes it's it's bad the how competitive I am. But some like with my friends, they get a little upset. Like, tired, chill out. You can't win everything. <laughs> But I'm just like, oh, I want to win so bad. What about shotgun? Do you, like, always call shotgun when you're going to the car with your friends? Oh, for sure. Yeah, you got to call shotgun. Absolutely. Um, Your brothers, how big are they? How big are they? Yeah, like, are they tall guys? Um, No, they're about six six foot. Okay. so They're not super tall. Did you get into competitive one-on-one basketball games with them as you guys would just screw around at the house and stuff? So, yeah, it's funny because now they'll, like, say, like, when I started to get in high school, probably, like, my sophomore, junior year, um, you know, they could still kind of, you know, play with me. But now they'll say it's it's crazy because they used to whip up on me and now I just, you know, am better than them, like, shooting, you know, even just taking them off off the dribble and, and making moves, they just think it's so 
crazy that I can, you know, beat them now. And like, it's, it's pretty funny. Is it easy for you to beat them? Like, do you just smoke them? I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy because they are bigger than me, but um, they do get pretty upset because they used <laughs> to have to kind of take it easy on me, and they kind of get really upset that now they are actually having to play hard. <laughs> and and how satisfying is it for you to beat your brothers? Oh, it's the best. It's it's pretty funny because, like I said, they used to always beat beat up on me. Um, you know, growing up, we had a we actually had a, a little basketball goal in our basement where we would play. Um, you know, that obviously it wasn't a 10 foot goal. It was, it was about seven, seven foot probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we would start there and that's where we would play like with, and we had like a little football, uh, football thing down there that we would play with, with their friends. Um, and then now playing on a 10 foot goal and me whooping their butt, they just shake their head. They, they really can't even say anything anymore. They just shake their head. Uh, give, so, give it, give them a shout out though. What are their names? Let's give them a little shout out. My oldest brother is Tyler Bus, and then my other brother is Kyle Bus. All right, very good, Tyler and Kyle. So, yep, they're pretty awesome. As you're in high school and you're, I'm assuming, doing well at all these sports, but basketball is starting to really become a thing. You are having a serious reputation for. When does the recruiting start? When does the circus start of you being uh, an incredibly good basketball player that is going? well beyond high school with this sport when, when does that reality sink in and what does it look and feel like when when the media and the recruiting begins yeah so really um you know my freshman sophomore year of high school was when it really um hit hard um and then playing aau um it was kind of it was a great experience to you know play in front of different college coaches and you know getting all these letters but i would really have to you know give like the recruiting process you know give my parents credit for that because they wanted me to just focus on, you know, my sports, my academics. And so they kind of took care of, you know, that process for me. And, you know, we would narrow, we would obviously talk about it. It was my decision and, and everything like that. But we would kind of narrow it down. Um, and then the schools that I was really looking at, that's whenever we would, you know, talk about going on visits and things like that. Um, but they really just wanted me to focus on, you know, playing the game that I love, not having to stress about it. And that's, um, you know, something that I'm very fortunate to, you know, have parents that, you know, did that for me and, you know, had knew the right questions to ask and, you know, kind of helped me through that process because um, it can be very overwhelming. And at one point it was just with all the all the calls, all the letters, um, you know, who do I want to talk to, what, like all the research we had to do. Um, and so it's, it's definitely an overwhelming process. But once you narrow it down and and then, you know, they always tell me. Like, you know, a bunch of people told me, like, you will know um, the right place for you. Like, it'll just, it'll feel like, you know, that's where you want to be. Um, and so the, the minute I stepped foot on IU's campus, I just, you know, just knew, like, wow, this is, this is home. Wow. Like, right. I feel like. Walk us through that. So, so who reached out to you first from Indiana? Because the coach you ended up playing for, if I'm not mistaken, is not the coach who started recruiting you. Is that correct? Well, yeah, actually, it was, it was, it's kind of crazy. So actually, Coach Jack, Felicia Jack, she actually was the one that first started recruiting. Right. Um, and I didn't know much about Indiana then. Like, she recruited, she would, like, call me and talk to me. Um, she had some of her assistants come to my games. This was, what, my freshman year, I think, uh, my freshman year of um, high school. And so then, after she got fired, Kurt Miller came in, and, um, you know, he – I think he was, you know, they had a really good season his first year here and he was, you know, 
told I, I heard that from coming from Bowling Green, he had such a great record. Um, you know, he's all American coach. Everyone wanted to play for him. So whenever I um, saw him out, whenever I was um, playing AAU, um, he was at a lot of my games. So I was like, okay, he's really interested. You know, they would send me letters. They would, they were just very like high on me. And it made me feel really good that someone, and not like all the other coaches weren't like I had, you know, 70 plus division one coaches contacting me. But the, the thing were, about them is. Yeah. Who were the top schools coming after you? Like who were, when you narrowed it down to five or six or whoever it was, who were they yeah. that were alongside Indiana? So I always have dreamed of playing in the big 10. Um, and then I wanted to play close to home. So that was a big thing for me. I went to um, Tennessee Elite Camp. They were recruiting me. I just didn't feel at home when I went there. Um, when I went to the Elite Camp there, I they have like 10 players stay with them the night before, like the 10, 10 top prospects. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just, the team didn't feel very close. Um, loved Pat Summit, but that's when every team yeah. was starting to get pretty sick. Right. Um, and so just it was just very, um, it just wasn't, it didn't seem like that was the place for me. Um, also, which same in Illinois, I don't know what is wrong with it, but I'm not a big orange fan. So just wearing orange, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it makes know. perfect sense to me. It's an ugly color, not a pretty campus. It makes total sense to me. I agree. <laughs> not, not, not that that was like, not, that's the only reason why I didn't choose any school that was orange, but I was not a big fan of the color orange. I love so, it. By the way, Tyra, it's a much better story if you do just tell people that the reason you didn't go to Tennessee or to <laughs> Illinois because you hate orange like that's just true. a better story it's good very it's real true. good <laughs> very true um so I would say the top um these the top three end up coming down to one Indiana even though I didn't like orange they recruited me hard they were showing a lot of he was Illinois um you know from being from Illinois sure. and then um Wisconsin um I went on mm. a visit there because you know like I said family was born and raised there um i have you know all my dad's side of the family they live in wisconsin dells still so it's only about 40 45 minutes from madison um so but the problem with that is they they messed up taking me whenever it was around christmas time freezing cold yep <laughs> oh my goodness we were walking around campus i do not like the cold and it was miserable and so I said, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> so they, I told them, I said, you guys messed up taking me in December when it's freezing outside. Yeah, there's uh, that. There's also that I've been to Madison just one time. And there's that like lake that's right by yes. the arena. And like in the wintertime, yes. people have cars on the lake. It's, like, it's crazy. It's ridiculous how cold they, it gets that it's like solid ice. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous! And they told me about all these snow fights they have, like on this hill. I was like, no, no. no. <laughs> as fun as that sounds, it's cold. I get it. Well, and and but, and, and the arena, it because it's you know they have it's on top of ice because hockey too is absolutely freezing. Just everything there wow. is cold. <laughs> I love it. Well, and Carmel, Mount Carmel. That's the right way to say it. Carmel. Yeah. Um, that's that's in the southern part of the state, right? Of Illinois. It is. So yeah. in a lot of ways, you're actually closer to to home in Bloomington than you would be going up right. to Wisconsin, right? Right. Uh, because everything Madison is like the one Big Ten campus I have not been to, but I have heard it is beautiful. Your parents and family have that history there. 
obviously yep. really strong sports. Was it, when did you go to Bloomington? When did you step on campus? It was like the spring or fall is that was the deciding factor. Yeah. So, um, I actually Bloomington. So Indiana was my first, was my first visit. And that was during the fall. We went to, um, we came for a football game. It was an unofficial visit my sophomore year of high school. Um, and it was for a football game. And so it was really nice outside and I got to hang out with the team, um, went to see them practice. And then, you know, we went to go get lunch and, um, went to the game and so it was just a really, I don't know, just a neat atmosphere. The coaches made me feel at home. Um, and so then I knew then I was like, okay, I love this place. Like I'll go look at other options. But even my parents tell me to this day, they knew right after that first visit, there's like, there's no point of even going anywhere else because they knew how I felt. I was just so high on Indiana that they just knew no matter what, I'm going to try to find things that I don't like about other huh. places. And, and um, Kurt, Kurt Miller was the head coach at the time? Yeah, so that's whenever Kurt Miller was the head coach. Um, and so he's who recruited me the most. Um, you know, him and his staff came in, um, you know, got five weeks with him in the summer, and then um, he was out. So, But that real was... quick, going back to your time, because you said before when you stepped foot on Indiana's campus, you just knew it was home. Yep. What was yep. it? What were some of the things that, as you still think back to that trip, what are some of the specific things that, as a recruit, you saw or felt that made you feel that way? Um, just the coaching staff. I know a lot of them, you know, I know they say, you know, it's business. The coaches always act different whenever, you know, they're recruiting someone and how they really act when they're coaching you. Um, but I could just tell, you know, they just are were so genuine. They loved their players, um, you know, because a lot of them don't really, you know, care. Like, not that they don't care, but they don't ask about their personal life. But really, they just wanted to get to know who I was not you know tire bus as a person not tire bus as like the basketball player um and so that was huge for me and then just the way the the team made me feel um you know they you know any questions I had you know they were completely honest with me if I had and like they weren't saying like oh yeah this is the best place ever they would tell me you know some of the some of the negatives they would tell me they're just really honest and I thought you know I really respected that because a lot of people obviously just say all the good things because they want you know are trying to get you to come and so they would tell me you know this is something that you know our coaching staff needs to work on this is something we need to work on this is something our university needs to work on just things like that I, I thought was really really neat um and then how close they were you know they were always having fun they were laughing dancing in the locker room just you know just things like that just being that close group and then they would all go hang out together afterwards um and so that's something that I think was big too because at the other places I could see you know, there'd be like little clicks, like two or three people would go hang out. The other three or four would go somewhere else. Like, I just think having that chemistry off the court really helped, um, you know, build on it. So I just thought that's something that I really looked for. And then um, and then just the, the campus was beautiful. The facilities, oh, my gosh, just, com just ridiculously beautiful. Um, and that's something that, you know, was, was big as well was, you know, those – those different um, aspects of it. And then obviously the academics, academics wise. Did, what did. was it like walking out onto assembly hall court for the first time? Oh my goodness. It was unbelievable. Just looking up and, and seeing, you know, one, seeing all the, all the banners, but then also just looking and I mean, it's a huge arena just looking around. It's just like, wow, this is feeling that literally I said this when I stepped foot, I was like, one of these days I'm going to do my best to fill this place up because, you know, you see all the, 
the men's games. It's pretty full, but women's, you know, they they had some trouble getting, you know, people there in, in the attendance. So that was my goal. Is when I was a freshman and set foot on campus, I said, I looked at my other teammate, Amanda, and we literally said, we are going to fill this place up one day. Wow. It's our goal. Well, it's a goal that, yeah. that came to fruition, and we'll talk about that <laughs> when we get to your senior year. Uh, but I got to ask this yeah. on that recruiting trip. Okay. I, I get the campus is beautiful. Assembly Hall is yep. great. But did they take you out to party a little bit? Did you get a little taste of Indiana party? <laughs> See, that's something they, they did not. But apparently I heard that they were not allowed to because they knew that I did not party in high school. I had never took, taken a sip of alcohol, like nothing. I didn't want to be around it. They just knew I was one of those, like, wow. just wanted. You, yeah, so goody two-shoes Tyra? Goody two-shoes Tyra. I guess you could Hey, hey, Tyra, uh, is that still the case? Um, I don't, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you enjoy something like that. Right, exactly. Something like that. All right. So now let's get into you commit to Indiana. Kurt Miller's your coach. You get five weeks of him in the summer and then he is let go under, I have to say, just really weird circumstances. I mean, from a fan Take you know, being on the outside looking in, no one knew what the hell was going on. He did seem like a guy that, like you said, had a great reputation, seemed like he was recruiting better. And I'll be honest here, when he landed you as a commitment, that is when I honestly first started paying real attention to Indiana women's basketball. I had read about you. The recruitment of you was really exciting. It did feel a little like we were getting the, the the female version of Damon Bailey, like Ward said. It felt really cool, and it just made Indiana women's basketball cool and like a, a, a thing to really focus on. And Kurt Miller deserves credit for that. And then he's fired. What did you? What did they tell you about why he was fired? Because this was not something that like was boiling over a year. And oh, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. He got fired for a reason that they've never made public. But what did they yeah. tell you at the time? Yeah, it was it was weird. Um, you know, that's you know that's my guy still to this day. Love that love that band so much. You know, we still talk. Um, you know, like I said, he gave me an opportunity going to. He was the Connecticut Sun coach. He gave me an opportunity. Um, to go there um, for training camp and then like I said you know we still keep in contact to this day and so it was really weird because we had a really you know we hit it off right from the beginning and that's another thing was I was I got really close with him before I committed um, and so coming here um, you know and, and being coached by him for those five weeks you know was was great he was I mean he was a heck of a coach I could even tell I mean I didn't even get to play a game an actual game for him but I could just tell in practices like this this guy is legit like this man knows what he's talking about knows his x and o's um you know he's ripping my butt for not shooting a three like he was just you know he was just one of those coaches that you just would love to play for even though he was maybe crazy at times that's just you know who he was as a coach um but he he knew what he was doing and obviously like you said he's he has the reputation of you know being an awesome coach so when they, um, it was honest, it's, gosh, it's, it's crazy to think back about that because it was just one of the, like, hardest days, I think, for me because I didn't know what to expect. Right. Um, but it was weird because, so we, um, it was, we had a summer class to go to, and so we had to wake up 7 a.m., 7 a.m. wait, and 
uh, he and it was and now thinking back it's like crazy because of like this the different signs adding up to that day that like I just did it I like ignored right um like just shooting after one day I was just shooting in the gym after practice and he was just I mean there was like five or five or six of us um just getting shots up after practice and um you know of course it's, it was the younger ones because you know we were trying to get to the gym and get as much work in as possible and he was just over there sitting on the side like just watching us like and it, I just I don't know like I didn't think that was weird at the time but now I'm like oh he was just you know kind of taking it all in I think because he knew what was coming wow um and so it was weird because then he called me over um and then I start talking to him we were just talking about just life and we were just you know he was, and then we started talking about basketball. He was saying, you know, how like amazing I was going to be here. And like, not really, I don't know. And that's another th- weird thing. Like he wasn't really saying how like I was going to be like amazing playing for him. He was just saying I was going to be, a, I was going to end up being one of the best players to come through here. And so I was like, wow, like, okay, like, thanks. Like, you know, I just, he was just being nice. I just was, you know, we, we got really close. We were connecting. And so I thought, you know, he was just saying it to, you know, say it. Um, but then those were like the, the signs I, I ignored because then two days later, um, the next practice he didn't make it to cause he was sick, I guess is what they told us. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, the, the next day we had weights at 7am and they told us after we got done with weights, they said, hurry up, we have a, a beating. And so we didn't like, we didn't think anything of it. We're like, okay, we got a meeting, whatever. Like that's something that we do in the summer. We have meetings sometimes. So we showered up, we went over because at that time during the summer, we, um, wait, we do weightlifting in the, at the stadium, like where the football players or where the football stadium is. And so we had to get our stuff, go over to cook hall and we had to go in our film room. Well, it's like, that's another thing I ignored. Like, why are all these people, like some of these people I hadn't even like Fred class was in there. Hmm. Like, you know, just people, some of the top people like wasn't thinking anything of it just thinking they were talking to us. So, and then I see like a lot of the compliance people, academics. Um, so we walk, I walk in there, we're sitting down and then coach Miller was supposed to be, they had told us he was out recruiting. So then, um, so we're like, so I didn't think it was weird that he wasn't there. Well, then we all sit down and then in comes coach Miller. And I was like, Hmm, this is really weird. Um, this is just strange. And so, he comes in, talks to us, don't really know um, everything that he had really said, but basically that he just wasn't going to be our coach anymore, some personal reasons. Um, and so when he said that, I just literally, I thought I was going to throw up. Yeah. Like I – I didn't even like my face like I my jaw dropped I just looked at him and he like kind of looked back at me because he could tell like I was about to like just lose it Mm -hmm. and so um he was just saying how he loves us all this or whatever and then um after that some other people were talking to us I don't know honestly after that I it was going through one ear out the other because I was just emotionally wrecked like I was emotional wreck so I just remember right after that meeting, I walk out, he's kind of like giving hugs to everybody. And then he gets to me and like, I literally just lose it. Like you could tell his eyes start to water. Cause he could just tell like, I was about to just bust out in tears and I like gave him a hug and just like lost it. 
And so um, he, like, told me, like, whispered stuff in my ear, um, you know, that I'll always remember. And then he just, like, left. And I just, I don't know. Like, it was just the weirdest thing. And so we, like, us freshmen that came in together, we didn't know what to, we didn't know what to do. We were, everyone was just, everyone was just shocked. Like, yeah. no one expected this. It just was, it came out of nowhere, I felt like. Um, and so I think that's what was the hardest part about it. And then, um, did you think still, about, tra- did you think about transferring? See, that's, that's something that I really didn't do. I really didn't think about. I literally said, this is what I said. Um, cause Amanda and I, um, that was who I was closest to. I was close with the other freshmen as well. Mara and Jess, they ended up transferring. Mara ended up transferring after our freshman year. Jess ended up transferring after our sophomore year. Um, but Amanda was my roommate and that's who I lived with in the dorm. And I remember just like, we were like praying and like, we literally said, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, I think, you know, we need to stick this out and see, you know, what this next year brings because you never know it could, you know, end up being, you know, good for us or whatever, you know, everything happens for a reason. Obviously this, you know, God had this in plan for us. So we just got to, you know, stick it out and, um, you know, not worry about it and things like that. So honestly it was really hard because, you do have people talking about, oh, like others were talking about transferring and, you know, just not like, I don't know. That's why I think we went through such a hard time our freshman year. It was such like a roller coaster of a year um, because we had those people that didn't buy into our new coach. Right. And let's talk about that new coach. So your new coach, they, yep. that is a bad time to fire a coach. And it is yep. a bad time to hire a coach because obviously yep. everybody's kind of into their seasons. But right. they go out and they find Terry Morin. Mm-hmm. What did you know about her before she came to Indiana? It's funny because I played, like I said, I played tennis. And so I remember my sophomore year, um, she came. We had a tennis match at Casey Westfield, which isn't far from Terre Haute. And so she came um, to watch my tennis match. And so it's really, really funny now that she ended up being like my coach. Wow. And yeah, it's. It's crazy. So it's got to be such a weird thing. I mean, you are, and again, I know you don't like talking about yourself in a selfish way, but you are one of the most sought after basketball stars, definitely in the region and in the country. You had your pick of, like you said, 70 schools that you could have picked and Mm -hmm. more if you wanted to. You go through a whole process. You pick the school based in large part by the team and the and the campus and all and how you felt, but also by the coach. Obviously, that's right. a huge factor. And now that gets ripped away from you before you've ever played a game at Indiana, and yeah. now you're given the coach and you're told you don't get a choice in this matter. Here's your new yeah. coach. How did you start to build a relationship with Coach Morin? Yeah, um, and that's what that's what was huge was I just remember her first time she called me. So, I mean, it was bad timing for her and her team as well. Because yeah, she had to leave them. She was getting ready. She was literally at the airport when they called her and said that she got the job. She was at the airport with her Indiana State team. They were going to Costa Rica, I think. Wow. So she had to leave her team at the airport. And, and ship leave. them to Costa Rica. <laughs> They all went to Costa Rica, and she said, oh, hey, guys, I got a new job at Indiana University. Like, I'm not going to be your coach anymore. Like, that oh, had to have been hard. That is like, you rough. know what I mean? Yeah. But, so, when, but when you have Tyra Bus and Bloomington waiting, it's 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 a no-brainer. <laughs> You're going to do it. <laughs> I just remember she called me the very first time because 
I had heard she was gonna make, she was gonna be calling all the all the players, and so I remember she called me, and she it was just funny because she was like, "T Bus, what's up?" And I was just like, "Hey, coach!" Like it was just I don't know, it's weird. Like yeah. you, you don't talk to like you have never talked to her really before. You came in, in and wanting to play for another coach, and then now like you know I didn't want to be like fake, but it was just like like hey like. Yeah, I'm excited, but like I'm not happy about it. You know what I mean? Like it's just still like it's a, it's an adjustment for sure. Um, but really, that was my biggest thing was the reason why I did love Coach Miller and their coaching staff was they were very personable. You could go in and talk to them um, whenever you wanted. If you're having a rough day, whatever they you always knew that they would be there for you. Um, and so that's something that I wanted to make sure to build with Coach Morin. Um, and so I think that's why a lot of people my freshman year, the ones that ended up transferring after my freshman year, had a lot of trouble was because Coach wasn't the one, especially it's her first year. You know, she doesn't want to be in everyone's business. She doesn't really know us. Um, she didn't want to just come down and, 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 you know, get in our private, you know, privacy and just be like, hey, like, what are you guys doing today? You know, like she she wanted us to come to her to, like, you know, kind of, you know, build that relationship first. And I think that's why it was so hard for the others was because they thought that she didn't really care about them, but that wasn't the case. That's just who she was as a person to like, you know, she wanted us to like, you know, go to her first. Cause she didn't know, like she didn't, they didn't know, she didn't know us. We didn't know them. She didn't know if we want the, her coming down and, and talking to us in our locker room where that's like our sanctuary. Um, so I always like made the time to go up after practice or in between classes, I would always go in her office and we would literally just talk. Um, and that's how we built our relationship. And I think our freshman year, that's when it started. But I think really, we really hit it off um, the summer going into my sophomore year, knowing that I was going to be so I started, you know, obviously all games as my fresh as a freshman, but I was the two guard, I wasn't the point guard, right. And I think that's what was an adjustment for me as well. Coming from high school, I was the point guard. I was, I always had the ball in my hand. I always was running the offense. Um, so it was weird coming off the ball. Um, it was definitely an adjustment, but you know, it's something that I had to do for our team. And so I did it. Um, and then I think coming in, going into sophomore year, we had such a tough year, our freshman, my freshman year, um, in 2014, 15. So then coming in my sophomore year, she, um, really that's when we really hit it off I was you know she was a point guard at Purdue um so she knows what it takes to run the offense um you know she's right. also was obviously my head coach now and so she kind of we kind of just built that trust and loyalty and she just really um believed in me to to do this and to you know take our team and this program to the next level and so we really had that summer going into my sophomore year we had a lot of heart to hearts on what it would take, um, what we needed to do. And she was kind of like asking me, like, you know, getting advice from me as a player. And I like respected her like so much for that is her like listening to, and like actually listening to what I had to say and like saying like why things didn't work out my freshman year. And like, you know, we needed to do team bonding stuff. We needed to build more chemistry like off the court rather than just us going to practice and then we're leave and then we don't really hang out with each other. Um, and so then I told her how we, you know, she needs to connect more with others. And we were just being just very honest with one another. And I think that's what, you know, really helped um, build that relationship. And so from then on, like, yeah, we had, you know, I'm a competitive person. So is she. And so I, and I'm also very hard headed and stubborn. 
Um, <laughs> um, and so sometimes, you know, we would butt heads, but that's just because we both wanted to win. Um, we both wanted to do whatever was best for our team. And, like, being the captain, being the point guard, being the leader, um, I had to, like, do, you know, those type of things. And I think, like, her walking me and helping me through it since she's been there and has the experience of it playing in the Big Ten, um, I think that's why, like, we hit it off so, so much and we ended up being, you know, becoming really close as a coach and as a player. I've got to say, that's a very mature attitude for you to take, even as a freshman, one to just get over the fact that you, hey, I'm one of the most highly recruited players in the nation and I chose this school and this team for this coach and you guys ripped that away. Here comes the new coach. She's not uh, the the most proactive as far as reaching out to the players for the reasons you mentioned, but it still took your mindset of being, I'm going to go make the effort. I'm going to build that relationship. Where did that come from? Was that strategic on your point being like, well, I'm a competitor. I want to win. And the best way that's going to happen is if I go do A, B, and C, which includes going and bonding with my coach to make this work. Was it that sort of calculated or did it, was it just what you felt like doing? I mean, it's just what I felt was right and what I thought would, yeah, would help our team, would help our program. Um, and so – yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely hard at first. I'm not going to lie, like her like coming in, I I didn't it's not that I always had the most positive attitude about it. There, there were some days where I was like, "Oh my gosh, like what is going to happen?" This especially in my freshman year, we had such a roller coaster of a year and we ended up, you know, we were um, you know, below 500. It was it was terrible. And so we I think that's like something after that, after we got the people out that didn't buy in, I think um, that's whenever we started really, you know, b building that chemistry um, with everybody. And like, and now, like, talking to Coach Moore, and I know I'm like going ahead, but it's just crazy because now, like, even after I'm done playing, like, her personality now has changed so much. Where like now she's like, she like goes and like is having such a good time with the team and like reaches out because now she knows them and feels more comfortable because it is hard. She came in and it was. And that's what I that's what I had to think about was it, as much as it, it was new for me, it was even more new for her. Yeah, she and, had no chance to like no runway. She just had to come right. in and get on a plane that was already taking off. That is a very was, difficult. Right. Thing. Well, well, no, she, she she left, left the, the plane that right. was taking. Right. She left the Costa Rica <laughs> plane, came onto a Bloomington yeah. Monroe County and plane. Ex exactly. And so thinking about it, I just had to like yeah, like you said, just think and and take that like you know use that as just be like wow like I as much as hard as it is for me like just think about how hard this is for her as well sure. like she had to leave her, her team she had to come in in August right before preseason and like right before we basically started to you know get into our preseason then our actual season she had to come in and and basically everything was new to her and so that's why I had to like you know take that um, into consideration and just that's when I started being super positive because, you know, obviously that's how I've always been as a person, though. I think I do not like that's one of my biggest pet peeves is negative people. I just cannot handle them um, because I think no matter what situation you're put in and you know, no matter how hard things can be, there's always one. There's always someone that's going through even tougher times. And so I always think about that. And then, two, I always think about you can always the way like you can control your attitude and your effort. And so I think that's something and like your body language, all that, like you can't control. 
And so that's what, like, I thought about, like, I need to change my whole mindset. You know, I'm not playing for this other coach anymore. This new coach is coming in. I have to find ways to make this work because I this I have four years here and I'm not about to just be all sad, down. I must, you know, I got to pick it up. So that's why I think, and it's and it changed me as a person as well, I think, and just looking, you know, being more positive about things. And because, I mean, look how it turned out. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, you know, imagined anything, you know, the better. So well, when did you start awesome. to imagine though? I mean, at some point you had to get an idea of the, of the potential she had and you yeah. had together, right? When it was that sophomore year when again, you said yeah. some people took off and, and now, yep. well, wait, can I ask because I, it's interesting that it's sophomore year because this is something we've talked about with other players that we've talked to on the men's team. We talked to like Jordan Hulls and Verdell Jones mm-hmm. and, and Christian yep. Watford guys, at this level of basketball, the level that you were at, Tyra, the level that most Indiana players are at, you're coming from an environment in high school where all you know is winning, right? Like you won a ton of games in high school. And then this controversy happens, new coach comes in. But the truth is, your freshman year in the non-conference, if I'm not mistaken, you were 11-2. and two. Like yeah. the non-conference started, you're winning, you, there right. must have been like, wow, is this is it really going to be this easy? And then the Big Ten hits, and it all goes yep. to hell in a handbasket, and you go four yep. and fourteen, which is very similar to what happened with the men's team when Coach Crean took over. They had some right. wins in the non-conference, and then the Big Ten came, and it's a different level of basketball. So I'm yeah. curious, just from you, before you get into knowing when the tide was going to turn, how was it to just deal with for the first time in your life losing a lot? <laughs> Was that a tough thing emotionally to deal with? Yeah, I think it was tough. And, and I think that's why, like, I learned so much my freshman year as, as not only, like, as a player, but as a person as well. Because um, as much as I, like, hate losing, um, it happens. And so I think that's whenever um, we, instead of, and that I think that was our biggest downfall as a team, was instead of pulling together after losing, we just kept like, I just felt like we just kept pulling apart. And that's the worst thing as a team that you could possibly do. And I think, um, you know, with her being our, you know, first year, her first year, she didn't really know, um, I guess, us like individually, she didn't know how to interact with each person as far as like when times get bad. Um, and so, cause, you know, people have different, um, you know, different ways of dealing with things and, I'm getting some just act like they don't care um and so not her not knowing us um at that like that sort of level I think was hard because she didn't know how to help um and so I think that was like the biggest thing was whenever we started losing is like holy cow like this sucks and I don't know how to fix it because we don't know how to fix it and like that's on us and as much as like Everyone always blames the coach, all that stuff. But I think the biggest thing is we have to look at each other and say we're the ones playing on that court. And we could we could watch every single film. We could know the scouting report up and down. But as long as we're not doing, like, what we're supposed to be doing offensively and defensively, like, we can't blame her for that. And I think that's what was big was they're like, oh, gosh, like, this is our coaches. Like, we should, they're below 500. They're losing. They're winning. We, we, like you said, we won four out of four. We went four and fourteen in the Big Ten. And even though that's such a hard conference, 
they, you know, the last year um, they did, I, I can't even remember the year before that, 13-14, they won 20-plus games. I think they ended up winning like six or seven in the Big Ten. Right. But then we went from six or seven to four. Now, and, what, and now, I mean, with, uh, and I'm not sure in terms of the turnover from the, the year before, but with you yeah. coming in as such a heralded freshman, are you yeah. immediately thrust into a leadership role? Is that something you take upon yourself? Is it something that just naturally happens? Or or is there a little bit of give and take with some of the upperclassmen who've been there? Yeah, and that's something that I talk about whenever we talk about like my going into my junior and senior year when I was more of that like upperclassman because I think that's why it was so different for me was I didn't have that. We didn't have those upperclassmen that played, that had the experience to help me through it. And so I think that's why it was like whenever I was a junior and senior, I made sure to one, make the freshmen and the, the you know, the the freshmen, sophomores, that group, I made sure to make them feel at home, especially the freshmen coming in new. I made sure to help them out with anything and everything because that is something I promised myself I would do after my freshman year because I didn't get that same. Wow. I didn't get that same treatment. And so I can, knew. Can you do me a favor, Tyra, and run for president? You just you just seem to have it all like figured out in a way that most of us don't. So if you run for no. president, you're not old enough to run for president, but when you are, you got my vote. Thank you. Thank you. No, I just have been through such a like so much and I think a lot of that had to do with like the things I went through, all the adversity I went through my freshman year because of all the changes that was made and I mean it, it's been like a roller coaster of it, like a whole my whole four years have been a roller coaster but I think that freshman year I couldn't like even describe to you how how much we went through like all the it was just it was terrible and that's what I said like I literally everyone always says like how was you know your four years well my three years were great let's not talk right. about my <laughs> well let's that's but, a that let's get into sophomore year because like right, you but said, I mean yeah but then talking about it, like, you think about, well, as, as bad as it was, I did learn a lot. And that's something that you always want to do, right? You want to learn. Right. And so I learned from, you know, I learned so much that year that I, I, I mean, I probably learned more that year than I have the, the next three years. There's also nothing like, there's, there's nothing like failing together to build bonds oh, yeah. so that when the successes come, they feel even better. Even you know, better. I mean, yeah. you went to war with that team and that coach, and that right. forges a it, it either forges a bond or people leave. And like you said, some did, right. um, but then right. you weed out the ones that don't want to be there for the hard times, and then yeah. you get to build something really special. Well, exactly. let me ask you this: you know, as we said, you know, starting to 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 move things in a positive direction coming your sophomore year, but even as a freshman and and coming into sophomore year. Did you already feel like you felt comfortable with your abilities and craft on the court? Was that was was it ever a concern for you with all this other uh, tumultuous uh, circumstances surrounding the, the program and the switching of the coaches? Did you even have time to be like, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm concerned on how I'm going to transition from being a great high school basketball player to being a good one in college of course you became a great right. one but was there was there ever any doubt or were you just pretty confident with that from the get-go so yeah that's um and that's something that even like in high school transitioning was um I had to have that confidence just because there were so many people like 
no matter how many points I scored a game, you know, I would score 46 points, but it still wouldn't be good enough for some people. They looked at me as if, I mean, look at me. I'm not very big. I'm not very strong. I'm, you know, not the most athletic. I'm just a competitor and I have a huge heart and I just want to win. And so I had so many people that doubted me and said I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. Oh, yeah, she's playing not very good competition. That's why she's scoring all these points or all the all these. I mean, I could go on and on. Um, but as long as like I believed in myself and the people that I cared about most, my family, my closest friends and, you know, all the support cast that I had, as long as they believed in me, that's really all I needed. And so as many people, you know, there were so many people that said she's not going to be any good in the Big Ten. She's too little. She can't do this. Yeah, she scored points in high school, but let's just wait till she gets to Indiana, all this stuff. And that's why it was so hard was because I was like really like I was like super like highly hyped. Like everyone was talking about, oh, tire bus, tire bus, tire bus. Like she did all this in high school. Now she's coming to Indiana. And so I wouldn't say like I was ever nervous about that. Like I wouldn't like live up to the hype. I was just, I just wanted to make it because they were making it so much about me that it worried me that the team would think because they had never really like met me as like a person person. Like, yeah, I've hung out with them a few times on visits, but they didn't know me as a person. And I didn't want them to think like I was that type of like stuck up or I cared about all this attention because I really don't like I didn't ask for it. That's just, you know, that's just it comes with the territory. And so I didn't want them to think that I was going to, like, come in and, like, just, I mean, be, you know, a person than what I am because, you know, I am an unselfish. I, that's why I love basketball. It's a team sport. And so coming in my freshman year, I was a bit, like, ner- I wouldn't say nervous, and I didn't feel like – I would never say I felt pressured, like, but I would just say, like, I wanted to make sure I was doing all the right things because I knew I had so many eyes on me, like, because coming in is such a highly like recruited player and being like freshman year was tough because I didn't have that good of, I mean, like I had a good year as a, for a freshman, I guess, but I didn't, it's nothing like I expected to have. And I think that came with us. One, we weren't playing together as a team. We weren't really winning after non-conference when non-conference we played, I'm sorry, but we played teams like Gardner-Webb and some teams I'd never even heard of. Right. And, like, nothing against that program, but I had never even, like, they're not, like, high, they're not top D1, like, you know, BCS schools. And so I was just like, you know, we weren't playing anybody yet. And then we get to Big Ten, and I was like, oh, wow, this is a different breed. Right. Like, this is this is crazy. And so – I, you know, I won Big Ten Player of the Week a few times, but even, like, then, like, after my freshman year, um, I really started playing, like, really well towards the end of the year. Um, you know, I had, like, some 20-point games in the Big Ten tournament, and I, had, I hadn't really – I only averaged, what, I think maybe 11 or 12 points my freshman year. Yeah, 11.7. I know I'm saying only. I know I'm saying only, but like that's still like not like how it, coming it, from high yeah, school. Yeah, it's not what you were sport. used to. Like that would right. be ama- that would be amazing for me in a YMCA league, right? <laughs> it's all relative, but for you it's, and your own expectations, you expected more. right, exactly. And so I and like after that year, I didn't even get like nobody got any honors. I didn't get Big Ten. Um, I wasn't on the Big Ten 
freshman of the like I, I wasn't on the Big Ten freshman team after that year, and so it really like made me. I was like, wow, like I'm gonna have to like as mu- as hard as I've worked to get here, I'm going to have to be in the gym literally 24 seven and work even harder than I ever have before. And so I think after that freshman year, after we got everybody out that didn't buy in, that was negative, that was just kind of pulling us down whenever we were trying to, you know, start lifting up and start building this program and those people that, you know, weren't with us left, I think that's whenever things changed. Because then, look, sophomore year, went to the NCAA tournament, won a game and it hadn't been done in 33 years. Exactly. So let's talk about that. You get to the NCAA tournament, you're playing Georgia. Yep. It's your first time to play really big time collegiate ball. You're in the NCAA tournament. Obviously you've played in the big 10 now for two years, but this is right. tournament action. This is winner go home. It's March madness. Yes. You're and, a part of it. <laughs> and, and honestly, and, and look, let's be honest. The difference between the men's team at Indiana and the women's team is that there's an expectation of the men's team, which has not been an right. expectation that's been uh, met like recently, but there's an expectation yeah. that we go to the tournament every year on the women's right. side. That is not the expectation because it has not been the case. And like you said, it's been three-plus decades since Indiana has won a game in the NCAA tournament. And here you are, second-year coach, second-year player, you and Amanda leading the team, really. And you get to play Georgia. What was that atmosphere like? What was it like for you? Walk us through just what you remember of that game. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was so excited. I mean, I, I remember when there was the, when we had like the, the, um, whenever we were watching the screen and we see our name, you know, yeah. come across. I mean, it was probably like one of the best like moments I've ever had here. Um, just mm-hmm. the excitement, like in everyone's eyes and just finally being like, wow, like going, coming from last year to this year, like the, it was just unbelievable. Like I couldn't believe that we, like actually did it and like the things just I don't know it was just it was a dream come true for sure to be able to to see that and then you know knowing that we're playing like in like we're going dancing and we're playing like in Mar- like March Madness it's just unbelievable so I just remember we played in in South Bend which was kind of kind of it was kind of boring because you know we're just going up the road or whatever yeah <laughs> but but I was super excited you know to even just get the opportunity and so I just remember we came out to go to the bus before like our game a couple hours before our game and we have all these fans cheering us on muse our uh indiana songs playing like it's just it was such a cool moment and it makes you feel so good like all these people are here supporting you they're cheering you on you're walking through it's like you're walking like on the red carpet right it was was awesome and so I remember we ran out and it was, I mean, the it was packed. And it was because, you know, Notre Dame had just played their opponent. They had just blew the 15 seed out. And so a lot of their fans were still staying to watch our game. But it just, the whole stadium was just, it was packed. And so it was really, really cool. Um, you know, and I was obviously I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I definitely was getting butterflies in my stomach before the game, but that's just how it always is. I would get butterflies in my stomach before every game, mm. but then like once the ball tipped, I was so ready to play. It was, it was, I've never been more excited. And so being able to play in that game and winning and just seeing the excitement on everyone's faces and then afterwards, like running to like my family and like literally jumping up in like my brother's arms it was 
So awesome. And in that game, you scored 23 points, seven rebounds, five assists. One hell of a first yeah. NCAA tournament game. <laughs> not bad, I guess. Yeah, yeah, not bad. So so now expectations going into junior year, very different. Okay, you yep. are already um, an All-American honorable mention uh i don't was that were you a preseason or is that something you got uh after you did so well your junior year that was after i was preseason because i had got all big 10 first team my sophomore year so i was preseason like all big 10 first team my going into my junior year as well and 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 preseason naismith trophy watch top 50 so so both for you individually and for the team now you, there's there's some excitement uh, and and when you go into a season with a different mindset like that, is it does it just increase your hunger? Does it just does it knowing that it's not just you guys who want to accomplish stuff, but you have uh, fans now who have expectations and excitement? Does that just feed your desire to get in a few extra shots before you go home at night? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, and this is a story I always tell, I think it's so funny because I remember coming in as a freshman and I'm walking around campus with like James Blackman and Rob Johnson, you know, the guys that I came in with. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, that's James Blackman, Rob Johnson. Can we get a picture? Like they're asking me to take a picture of them. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this is weird. Yeah, sure. But then after like my psych, even like during my sophomore year, walking around campus junior year, everyone's like, oh, hey, Tyra, like, good luck tonight. Like, I'm coming to the game. And just seeing, like, just hearing that and then, like, listen, like, talking to, like, my professors and them knowing, like, I'm on the women's basketball team and, like, follow and then starting to follow along, it's, like, super cool to see how, you know, fans and even students now, they started, you know, being about Indiana women's basketball, not just the men's. And just being, like, known around campus was – I mean, it was pretty cool and, and pretty crazy. Well, there is no doubt that your tournament win the year before helped that. But again, I, and I'm sorry to make this about you, but it is <laughs> it is hard to overstate. It's probably impossible to overstate what you meant to that program because you, because of your um, accomplishments on the court, both from a team perspective and individually, you brought attention to the team. You were such a great ambassador for the program. You, again, I go back to... You just looked like you were having the time of your life. And you would see social media postings where also, and I think this was part of it, I had never seen at Indiana the men's and women's programs linked in any way. They always just seemed mm -hmm. so separate. But when right. you were there, I felt like I saw pictures of you with the men's players and Amanda with the men's players. And 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 yeah. and, and I'll give Coach Crean credit for this too. Coach Crean and Ter and Coach Morin talked about each other yeah. a lot. There was a right. lot of support back and forth. That, that I don't remember seeing in the past. And then I think oh, yeah. that just helped lift both programs. Did you feel that yeah. too, like a connection to the men's program in a way that um, that was, was meaningful to you? Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was really cool. You know, the guys that, especially the group that I came in with, um, you know, we got really close with them. But then like just connecting with all the other players and, um, you know, like the Colin Hartmans and, you know, just, just people like that. Um, it's, it's really, it was really cool to kind of see, um, you know, us bond with them and, you know, they would even often ask us like who wants to come and get, you know, some shots up. Like we'd go in the gym and get some shots up with, you know, Jane, I've been in there with James before I've been in there with Rob before, like we were just getting shots up because one, they know what our goal is, but then they're also, you know, hard workers as well. 
and so I thought that was really cool just kind of getting that bond and then obviously coach Crean was great um you know that's still my guy too I remember you know junior year he after he had gotten fired and then he came back to our um yeah. you know, one of our WRT games and I saw him in the in the tunnel and he gave me a hug at halftime saying you know because we were down a half and he said you know he just kind of gave me some some motivational words and gave me a hug and you know that just meant a lot to me to have him come back and support even after you know everything that had happened so your junior year um again expectations are higher you have a really right. good year i mean you're statistically you had a great year the team finishes fourth in the big 10 i'm just like you glance over the year and it's like oh yeah 38 points against north carolina state <laughs> oh i know and just just like that's well, just one of the things accomplished not not to mention i mean 38 points against uh against north carolina state um you also have 35 points against Florida. You're playing some bigger teams. And this year ends going to the NIT, the women's NIT tournament, where you guys have a pretty good run in the women's NIT. Again, you're winning postseason games, which is not the expectation yeah. has been. Right. Um, but you fall short in that run. Yeah. And now you've got one year left at Indiana. Yeah. What I would in- have to say, yeah. even – even like junior year, um, I think, yeah, we had a great run, but I think we fell like short of even our expectations because we were one preseason ranked top 25 because of the year we had before. We didn't lose anybody. We lost one person. Um, she grad transferred, but I mean, she, it, she, I mean, she played but didn't make like a huge impact, like big enough to like not – for us not to be in that like back-to-back NCAA tournament. Sure. So I think that too is we brought in you know a couple people, um, a couple new one new, um, and we just it, again it just felt like not not even not close to freshman year, but it felt like we started to we had such a good sophomore year that we started to kind of go away from what we did that made us successful. And we kind of got comfortable with, okay, we did that. Now we can kind of like chill wow. a little bit. We don't have to work as hard. We don't have to be in the – and I think, like not me as an individual, but I think as a team. And I think that's yeah. why we were so good my sophomore year was Amanda and I or, you know, even like the others, we would like, like rope people in to come and get shots up with us because we wanted them to, you know, to be in the gym and working with them. And that way, you know, they were also, you know, getting their work in and we could see it. Um, and I think that's why it helped make us so successful. Our sophomore year was people genuinely wanted to get better. Whereas I think like then our my junior year, I think we started to get comfortable again. And we weren't doing, like I said, the things that, that helped us get to where we did the year before. And so um, I, I remember like talking to Coach Morn about it like this. After the year was over, I said this was not like what I expected, what, what, what should have happened because – we honestly had a better team. We just didn't know how to um, like work together, and we didn't know people. And that's something that coach had to literally sit down with us in a in a team meeting was because people had trouble with knowing their role. Mm. And so I just remember we had a specific team meeting where coach literally wrote everyone's name up on the board, and she said, "You know, you guys want me to be honest with you. You want." You know, you don't want me to sugarcoat it, and I'm not going to. I'm going to sit here and tell you how, what your role is going to be, and if you don't, 
think that you should have that role, then we can talk about it and I'll like give you options on how you can maybe make that role better or how you can, you know, step up and how you can get more playing time. Cause you know, and she literally, she was honest. Cause I had a, a, a backup point guard below me, um, you know, that wasn't happy. Cause I mean, I was playing 35 plus minutes a game. Right. And they, so they, weren't, she, they weren't worried about your load management. yeah right and so (laughs) she literally said she said to him or to her she said Kyra you know coming off a great year all big 10 first team that's our point guard that's our leader um and yeah we do need her to play 35 plus minutes a game and so she was blatantly honest and I like respected that so much and even not even with her but like with all the others she literally said their role. Like she said, you know, Tyra's going to score, all this stuff. Like we need her to score. Like you guys have seen, she puts in the work, all this stuff. And so I think that's – and that's what made me feel so good too was because she like had my back um, a lot of the time too because she knows um, who I am as a person and how I don't like how people just think I was given things and they don't see like my work ethic. And so, um, and that's like happened like ever since I was growing up, like I've just been such a hard worker and I don't like when people don't understand that and think like, I'm just some person that I'm just some girl that is just giving, given everything that she wants. Cause that's not how life works. And I don't understand why people think that. And so, um, after that year, after junior year, um, and then some people left again, some people transferred, right. and then we had literally, we only had, it was crazy, we had four returners and five incoming freshmen going into my senior year. That That is not an easy thing to make gel quickly. Not at all. So Not at all. Um, and so how did you do that as the senior leader? This is your last year. How did you get those freshmen quick or those incoming players quickly into this is how we do things here at Indiana? Yeah, that that's something that was big for me and in uh, Amanda too was I spent so um they were coming from, you know, like we had coming from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I mean, we had one coming from Kentucky. That's not far, but then we had like yeah, One but she's from, from Kentucky, so there's probably right. a lot of issues true. you got to work her through. True, true, <laughs> true. And then we had someone coming from literally West Coast, Oregon. I mean, it was – I mean, we had just players coming. We had Georgia. We had players coming from all over. And so – in Texas, like, it was crazy. So I wanted to make sure, for one, because I didn't have this problem because I was so close to home. I'm only like an hour and 50 minutes from my hometown. But they, from for them coming so far away, I could tell right off the bat they were not scared, but they were just hesitant. Um, they were starting like a couple of them was starting to get a little homesick, like as soon as they came in, like after a week. So I wanted to, um, all, so I was literally texting them. They probably got annoyed with me, but I wanted to make sure that they knew that I one would do whatever they needed if they need someone to talk to, if they needed someone to go eat with them, if they needed someone to take them to get groceries, if anything that they needed, I made sure to let them know that I was there um, because I think that was huge was I needed them to trust me as a person and, you know, get to know me before like just thinking like, oh, she's only doing this because she wants us to so-and-so, whatever, because that's not who I am. And I wanted them to, you know, feel at home because that's why – I chose Indiana was because I felt at home. And so 
I wanted to make sure I could be like that for them because like I mentioned before, I didn't have that. And, and luckily, you know, I was so close to home. Like if I felt like on a weekend I wanted to go home, I could, but they don't have that option. So, and I didn't have those upperclassmen to help me through my hard times or help me through like mental, like, you know, I'd have a lot of times where I literally just sat in my dorm room and, you know, just be sad because I didn't like we didn't we were one having a terrible year and two I just felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to older because like they just not they weren't mean but they just you know they weren't like nice they weren't welcoming right right and so so I wanted to make sure they felt welcome at home and so I spent a lot of time with them off the court just going to the pool um giving them rides um just doing just fun things um like outside of basketball so they like know that it's not just about that and I think like once after that once I started to like like once I builded like my trust with them and once like we started like connecting on a on a more like a better level I think that's whenever we started really like getting in the gym and we started working out together we would play like we would do like one-on-one drills we would do just some of the things I would like in, in some of the things would just be just for fun, but they would ask me a lot of questions. And I think it like helped going through all the experiences that I went through uh, my freshman year. Um, I could like give them a lot of good advice. And so I think that's what helped them a lot too. And then just, I mean, knowing that regardless, I would always be like there and they could always talk to me. And I think that's what helped as well because they were, a lot of them were homesick and it was sad to see it because I could tell like, yeah, they would be happy, but then you could just tell like sometimes it'd just be like, Oh, like I want to go home with my family and friends and they couldn't do that. And so I wanted to, like I said, do my best to, to, to help them through those tough times. And I think once they got through the summer, once preseason started, and I think that trip to Italy in August helped a ton. We bonded so much because one, we couldn't really be on our phones a lot. And so right. we had to just really spend th- that time together. And I'm so happy that we were able to take like my for that foreign trip during my senior year. Cause it couldn't have came at like a better time. So the year starts, uh, you're, you're, you're bringing in a whole new group of people and trying to figure out how to gel quickly while you're on the, on in the middle of a season and you definitely hit your stride at a point in the season with an eight game win streak that happens in your senior year that really sets you up for postseason. I do have to ask because the run that you went on in the women's NIT that we're going to get to here in a second is just so magical and incredible. But was there any, were you disappointed that you did not make the NCAA tournament your senior year? I, I mean, I was, and honestly, I even tell, like, the, I mean, I guess they're, shoot, they're juniors now, but the freshmen that were there whenever I was a senior, I, we, like, joke about it all the time. If I, if we just had just one more, like, semester with them, just let them get that first semester out, because right. it's hard. I mean, right. it's hard coming in and five new people, I mean, practices, like, the first month of practices were, I felt like I was walking through because it was so slow because we had to literally teach everything new to them. And so it was hard because they were all trying to learn and they had so much going through their brain. They couldn't play like how they wanted to play. 
and and I and I get it. I totally get it. And I think that's why, like our first, you know, that our our um, non-conference season, we didn't have that great of a, you know, that great of a. Like we should have beat some teams that we, right? I mean, didn't. And I think like it's just because we didn't know how to finish. Like we didn't a lot of the a lot of top teams, but we didn't know how to finish because we didn't have like yeah, man and I have the experience but we were playing we were playing three other freshmen and so like that were starting with us and so I think that's why it was so tough was we didn't like they didn't have that experience and I think now why they're they're gonna be like so good is because they got that experience as freshmen they played just like Amanda and I did we played a lot our freshman year and that helped us grow each year and I think once we started learning how each other played that's when we started know like believing in each other and I just remember we had I mean it was even my senior year was kind of a roller coaster of a year we were Amanda and I we were talking we'd be like we would because we were roommates and we would just sit there and we would talk at night and just be like wow this is not how we expected our senior year to go because we didn't have like a great non-conference start and right we didn't have a and then we did not have a great start to the Big Ten no and by the way just so, for context here on January 16th of your senior year the team was eight and twelve overall record and one and six in the Big Ten. Yeah. And then yeah. it and then it came together. And you rattled yeah, off that, a, I mean, what a run that you went on to end this season. It's I mean, it's unbelievable. We we end up winning the last fifteen of our seventeen games. How how great did that feel as that ball started to get rolling? Could you guys just all look in each other's eyes and be like, "Okay, we got this now, and we're unbeatable." It, it I mean, it was awesome. Like we just, it was just like it, everything just started clicking, and we started believing in each other. We didn't care what everybody else. We did not care what anybody else on the outside of our program was saying. We just worried about us. We were only focused on us. And I think once we started to get that mindset. And once we started believing in each other and just having that positive attitude and, and not taking and like helping each other out. But then if we like yelled at a player or yelled at like a teammate, not taking it personal, but just knowing that we're trying to help each other. Right. And so I think once we got that out of the way, like, I think that's whenever we started really just, just dominating. By the way, one of those wins in that run, in that 15 of 17, was a first-round game against Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament where the final score is 111 to 109 in a quadruple (laughs) overtime game. What? I remember that. I remember following that and just being like, when is this game going to end? I mean, this thing, what a crazy – what do you remember from that game? I remember playing 60 minutes and feeling like I was going to pass out. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But it was, that game was honestly so crazy. It was unbelievable. I just remember we thought, I thought we'd lost because I thought she hit that shot in the buzzer, which she did, but they had accidentally stopped the clock. Right. So it didn't count. And then once we finally, like once the buzzer sounded and we finally won, it was the most, I mean, we were just so excited. It was unbelievable. It was honestly just crazy. Like it was back and forth the whole entire game. Yeah. It's just a crazy statistical game too. Your teammate, Amanda finishes that game with 38 points and nine rebounds. You finish that game with eight assists, second leading scorer, obviously. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say obviously, but you were, but then you set up for the women's NIT. (laughs) 
And you start off with two really solid games against UT Martin and Milwaukee, but then that sets up something that is so special for an Indiana team, which is a postseason win or go home, win or your season is over game against Purdue. Oh man, if I could, we went three and zero against Purdue my senior year, and yes. can I, oh boy, that was just the best. Oh, I love it. I, I mean, love saying that to people. It's the best third round game against Purdue. You win seventy three to fifty one. You put a hurting on them. You yeah. go for twenty. It was not even close. You smoke them. So yeah. satisfying. And now I have a question from the inside. Uh, of playing for the team is the vitriol and the rivalry just as fierce with the ladies as for the men did you feel that oh absolutely oh for sure we always I remember like we did a lot of pump up videos before every game but all the time every time before we played Purdue the pump up video would just be even better it was awesome so you beat Purdue you're now going on to uh, the next round of the women's NIT you win that game and now you're in the final four you're in the final four of your last potential two games as an Indiana Hoosier after a career that is just filled with incredible lows, incredible highs that hadn't been done in 33 years, and an individual career that is unparalleled, and you've got two games potentially left. You play TCU. Walk mm-hmm. us through just being in the final four of a tournament to end the season and what that felt like. I mean, it felt great. I mean, coming up short the year before, um, you know, only making it to the lead eight and then in the WNIT and then coming here. And I mean, all the games that we played in the WNIT my senior year, they weren't really close. Yeah. Like we were, we were, we were just beating teams. And that's why it was so like tough was because we just felt like we needed to be in the NCAA tournament. We felt like we deserved to be there there and that we could compete with those teams so we wanted to do whatever we could to make it known that we should like we used it as motivation and said you know what whatever whoever who cares about whatever those people on the committee think like we are going to show them why we deserve we, we should have been why they made a mistake of not choosing us to be in the NCAA tournament because we should have been one of the top six four teams so being in the final four, um, I mean, being it was it's just awesome. Just being able to and not only that, but being able to play at home. And right. so I mean, I had a great senior day game at home against Nebraska. And so being able to continually play like in front of our home fans in just the best arena that you could ever, you know, think of. Fulfilling your was, promise and prophecy of filling that place up. Well, for the ladies' absolutely. games. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about that. I mean, you walk into Assembly Hall against Virginia Tech in this final game at Assembly Hall after beating TCU in the Final Four, and you are packing Assembly Hall. What? And by the way, because like you said, all the games were played at Assembly Hall because of your seed in this in the in the NIT. Right. There was a. We're out in California, but there was a palpable buzz building. Every game, the crowds got bigger at Assembly Hall and bigger. And on social media, people were posting the attendance figures, and it just kept growing. And there was like this real movement to, we're going to pack this place. We're going to sell this out. What did it feel like when you walked out for warm-ups that first time on that championship game, and you look up and every seat is filled? 
I I'm not I like I'm not just saying to say it. I literally got goosebumps. Yeah. It was like the most. I mean, it was. I saw people in the top, like up in like the top rafters. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Because I wasn't paying any bit of attention when people were rolling in. Like I was just doing my warm up because like I, that's when I'm like in my zone trying to get my shots up. So then <clears throat> we go into the locker room. And then we come out, you know, do our run out with like a little under 20 minutes left. And I see people already up in the top and every, it is just completely full. I mean, I got goosebumps and I literally like, I I can remember I was smiling from ear to ear and I was just like shaking my head. Like, wow, we did it. Like I finally, I said it my freshman year, we are going to fill this place up one day. And we literally did that. Well, and I think, you know, I'm a glass half full type of guy. And it's like clearly by the end of this run, you guys are one of the best teams in the country, period. But even often the very best team in the country doesn't end up winning the NCAA tournament because of luck, circumstance, matchups. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but to finish your career on a win, which is virtually unheard of. Well, no, at- not, not virtually. For Indiana women's basketball, it is unheard of. Sure, yeah, no, right? but but I'm it saying never for happened. anybody, right. male or female, yeah, to end your career with a win is is very rare. And at home, and to win a championship, and to to put a banner up, it had to be all you know a real dream come true. And 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 you know, to me, compared to like if you guys had made the NCAA tournament, maybe made some noise, got to you know. Uh, Anything short of winning the championship, I think, really, it's it's like we might not be sitting here talking about it today as this this huge moment as it was for not just the ladies program, but for IU basketball, which has has fallen really short of putting up championship banners lately. Absolutely. And obviously, that wasn't our expectation. You know, we always want to be an NCAA tournament team, especially since I got here. That was our goal each year, sure. especially sure. after our sophomore year. But honestly, it could not have ended any better than the way it did my senior year. And being able to hoist that trophy up and just pump it up and down to all the fans. And then I don't, it was just like you said, a dream come true, a moment that I will never, ever forget. Like, I will never forget the day. I will never forget celebrating with my teammates. I will never forget that night with them. Like, we just were so, I mean, it was just the day was perfect i can't even describe it any other way uh and you end uh that season with a championship and in a fitting way leading the team in scoring for the number one scoring women's basketball player in the history of indiana university uh such a special thing to again be able to do it at assembly hall so that the fans got to share in this great moment which really did feel like the end not the end, truthfully, the the cherry on top of a movement of revitalizing Indiana women's basketball, which has continued. There has been, you know, success after you, you left the program in much better shape than you found it. We won another NCAA tournament game, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a couple years uh, after you left. Yep. And it seems like Coach Morin, the recruiting has continued to pick up. The program seems to be in great shape. What can you tell us about what fans should expect from the program this season? What are you seeing from it? Yeah, there, I mean, like, and, and that's something, let me just go back really quick. Sure. So I, that's why I committed to Indiana was because I wanted to go to somewhere where I could help impact the program and build it up to where it should be. 
And so that I think is why I feel like it's so satisfying was because the way it started my freshman year and then to see the fan base build, to see our program build, to see all the positivity around the program build in my senior year, it was just, I mean, it's so satisfying. And and then, then continuing that the next year, they, like you said, NCAA tournament won a first round game and that's something that we should continue to expect from this program because now we're getting those top recruits. Now people are starting to believe we have Indiana women's basketball now is, is known nationally. And so people are starting to hear about that and they're wanting to come to our program. They're wanting to be a part of a winning program now that it is. And so I think, you know, from especially this next year, you know, we have players back that are, you know, five-star recruits. And so we have, people coming in that, you know, people should be really excited to see. And I think what I love most about the team is genuinely how happy they are for one another's success. And that's something that I think is super important um, to be a part of a team is to be happy for one another and to be like genuinely not just, not just act like you're happy, not fake happy, but be genuinely happy for one another's success because it's not just about you. We're on a team, and it's about literally any way that anybody can that impact the team in a positive way, you should be happy for them. Well, Don't get upset because you're not getting the attention, but just being happy for that person because they are doing what is right, and they're helping the team out. And as long as you're winning and you're doing things the right way, I think that's what's most important. Well, and I've got to imagine your former coach and uh, you know still some teammates who are there uh, love that you're still around, love that you're going to be an ambassador for the program on the Big Ten Network. And, you know, I know mm-hmm. there's some probably sticky regulations as far as a former player being around when recruits are on campus, but certainly your presence right. has got to be known, you know, whether they're walking through Cook Hall and, you know, see all your records and that good stuff. It's it's just such a positive sign for the program to have the most prolific scorer and greatest player in the program's history being around being you know getting up uh some shots and taking yeah. some photos at victor's camp at, before <laughs> before racing off to cover her first season of of basketball for btn it's it's cool and and it's something you know i think everybody just is filled with a lot of pride because whether you know it's the soccer team the swimming and diving team like i think we're all iu fans and we want all the programs to be successful and and right. you have done such a, a monumental thing in bringing the women's program to relevance that we're we want you to stay we want you to be around yeah. we want you to be yeah. the face uh of the program uh and bring in more we we, we want more uh uh tyras to come in the future but i think without mm-hmm. the first tyra it would have been uh difficult for the current staff to to be recruiting at the level they are now yeah well i appreciate that i just I love this place. I love the program. I wish them nothing but success from here on out. I'm so happy I'm still around to be able to help in any way, to be able to watch them grow. Because um, it's really cool. To, it's really neat to see, especially the, the freshmen that were there when I was a senior, to see them like continue to grow and how they are now as juniors. It's just unbelievable to see. And so I really – I love those girls to death. They, they're still my sisters. I still talk with them almost daily. 
Um, and I'm very fortunate, you know, to have such, you know, great people in my life. So real quick, some before we let you go, some fun Bloomington stuff. Give us your favorite pizza <laughs> in Bloomington. Favorite pizza? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to go kind of basic. I love Papa John's. Wow. You, I can't believe I you didn't go. Mother Bears is usually what we get, but you went Papa John's. I, I know it's it's crazy. That's if that's my if I'm craving pizza, I go to Papa All John's. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Favorite restaurant, not pizza related. Favorite restaurant in Bloomington. <laughs> Favorite restaurant. Ed would kill me if I didn't give him a shout out. So I would have to say Buffalo. Yeah, he would kill you. But let's say he did. Give us number two then. What would number two be? Okay, number. Two favorite restaurant. I love Little Zagreb's. Yes. Or Yonkos. That, that, is, that yeah. is the correct answer. That is a great answer. Okay, it's, good. At the top of any restaurant list, this is how I know if we've got a real Hoosier with us. It's got to be Little Zagreb's and Buffalo East. That's what's got to be. There. Oh, yeah. It's got um, to be. Yeah, got to sure. be. Uh, favorite bar? Favorite bar. Ooh. Um... I used to like whenever I first turned 21, like my junior end of my junior year, I brothers was my favorite. Yeah. But now I'd have to say probably one of the either KOK or upstairs. Oh, KOK is Kilroy's on Kirkwood, right? Okay, wait. Because they didn't call it that when when we were there. Okay, KOK there or sports, either one. Right, got it. Okay. I've got a new question. Okay, yeah. Where's your favorite place to get IU swag? If you want to like get you know get get some some new some new clothes, where where do you go? Because that's always something. I come back. I'm there for a day or two, and you can't go everywhere and hit every place. What has the best IU swag? (laughs) Well, if I'm gonna be completely honest, where I would. Is our equipment room? Yeah, I was going to say. Here's what you do: you become a great basketball player, and they give you whatever the hell you want. I, I'm surprised there's that much variety, though. Yeah, do they man. have keychains there, dude? Oh yeah, there's a lot of variety. But if what I, I would saw say, at the camp was crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I got so much free stuff. Like I don't think I've ever. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I've ever bought IU gear off of. Like I don't think I've ever bought any IU gear from a store. Yeah, she's Tyra Bus isn't going to TIS with us idiots. <laughs> I mean, Come look, on. look, I didn't know. I didn't know. You're not going to see Tyra. I'm, I'm not one of the greatest basketball players to ever step foot in Bloomington. <laughs> but, I didn't know that was one of the perks, even after you graduate. Here's what you know: you know you've never seen a great basketball player at the Union sifting through the sizes to see if they've got the right sweater for you. That, that, that would have made me that sad. Happen. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it's just like me and my dad when I'm there. Exactly. Uh, Tyra, That's hilarious. Le- That's awesome. Least favorite class. The class you hated the most. Finite. Yep. There it I, is. That's I, the most popular I answer. I love, but it's crazy because I used to love math, but finite is not math. <laughs> <laughs> that is, they call it finite math, but that's not math. And it just, ugh. 118. Those numbers still send a chill down yes. my spine. Yep. M118. Favorite blooming t- favorite Indiana University student moment that has nothing to do with basketball. Nothing to do with basketball. What is your favorite memory from being a student at Indiana University? Ooh, that's tough. Um I would say, well, I guess this this kind of has to do with basketball, but not really, just because of who I 
I did like a one day one Hoosier thing and it was pretty cool that people would follow me around on camera and stuff and I got to introduce them to all my classmates oh, and cool. um, my PE majors and they got to follow me around for a day. So I would say that was a pretty good moment. Okay, I've got to ask you about this. What was it like to wax movie star Jesse Eisenberg in a game of one-on-one? <laughs> How fun was that? He was awesome. That was also that has to do with basketball, but that was also another awesome moment here because that was super cool to meet a movie star and then talk to him and hang out with him. And isn't it bizarre that he lives in Bloomington? That always strikes me as so odd. It's it's crazy, yeah. And then he would always like he would come to our games, and I'd always know he was there because he would sit up in like one of the suites, and so he would be on like the corner and just. He would be watching us, and it was so cool. And he's a legit hoops fan. He goes up to Pacers games. He's the real deal, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, he is. You, it's awesome. You waxed Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Uh, Tyra, uh, this has been so much fun for us. You're the first uh, women's basketball player that we have talked to on this podcast, and we wanted Ooh, that I first feel one. Honored. To, well, we are honored because we've been wanting to talk to you for a while, and. You know, it is rare for any basketball player to have an impact, a true winning impact on their team. That if you if you look at the total number of people in the world, the number of people who play high end Division One college basketball who also have a huge impact on winning is such an infinitesimal percentage. It's staggering. But beyond that, it is a sliver of that that are people that had a huge impact on the entire culture and program that they went to. And that is what you did at Indiana. You, with your teammates, and I know that you're a team first person, but what you did at Indiana was make Indiana women's basketball relevant, cool, fun, brought it to, you brought your spotlight and shined it on them. And you forever changed Indiana women's basketball and you should, you and your teammates should be commended for it as should coach Morin, who we hope to talk to one day. And I, I just want to thank you for doing that because you've, you've made, you've given me something else as an Indiana fan to pay attention to and to be proud of. And, and it was so much fun watching you play the game and, and continuing to watch Indiana women's basketball because of what you and your teammates did for the program. So thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I'm happy that we finally got to do this and that you asked me to be on it because this was fun. This was a lot of fun for sure. Well, and look, I'm jealous that Eric got to actually meet you in person and I didn't. (laughs) But I'm coming back to you on November 16th. We're going to have the first ever Hoosier Hysterics homecoming at the Bluebird on November 16th. We're doing a big event. Lots of former players are coming. George Leach and and Jeffrey Newton will be there with their ooey barbecue from Carolina. It's going to be a big deal. And if the Big Ten Network hasn't whisked you off to a far corner of the conference to cover a game, we would love to have you. We would love to have you. She said it. She said she'll be there. That's it. I'll be there. All right. Well, Tyra, we will follow up with you. Thank you again. Um, again, we will uh, make sure that your social media handle is out there on our social media. So anybody who wants to follow you and kind of check in with what you're doing in your life can follow you. And also all those parents out there, if you want your kid to learn how to play basketball the right way, get in touch with Tyra and uh, she'll coach him up. Tyra, thanks so much again. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was fun. That was awesome. What a delightful human being. Yeah. I. Like, 
to to be like, yeah, I'm I'm the greatest basketball player in the history of IU women's basketball, and I'm totally cool. Like, I would definitely be arrogant. I yeah. would definitely, definitely be arrogant. No, and you can tell right from the beginning. She's like, let's focus on the team. Let's focus on the team. She's, like, uncomfortable talking about her individual accomplishments, but also... It's so hard when yeah. you're so unbelievably prolific and clearly the superstar in the history of the program... But I guess the reason you are that is because of the the team first mentality. Even and we just talked to Ted Kitchell before, and the way Landon Turner, the most gifted guy, you know, short of Isaiah Thomas on that roster, but he had to shift to the team first mentality right. to become a championship team. And then I, I go back to what I said right at the end there. You think about all the great players that we've talked to on this podcast and the ones that were looking to target to talk to how great they were and how much impact they had on their teams. None of them, none of them had the impact on a program and a culture that Tyra did on the female basketball program. None of them. Nope. Not Calbert, not Damon, not Scott May, not Quinn Buckner, not Isaiah. The only person you could argue on the men's side that had that kind of impact was Branch, Branch McCracken. McCracken. No, no, exactly. That's And Bobby Knight. Well, and Bobby Knight. Yeah, but but because even, it, it was dormant for a while. Sure, but at the end of the day, there was still history. There were still championships. There was a precedent. Yeah, there was history for sure. You're and right. and what with with the ladies' basketball team it had been like thirty three years since anybody like Tyra had even come close. We we did one of these a long time ago before we started doing the interviews. But if you did the Mount Rushmore of Indiana basketball, period, period, Branch, Bob Knight. You have to consider Tyra Buss for what she did for an entire program. Yeah, well, I mean, w- w- if if you're just looking at, she's the all-time points leader for and, the, and assists. I think and into, assists. Yeah, that's but, what's amazing to me, right? Yeah, yeah, how you can do both. How often does that happen? Where the best scorer on what, the team is the best passer and facilitator? Do you, do you think she was ever assisting herself? Did she ever like? Is that part of the way she worked at? Like, <laughs> yeah, kiss it, it off, off the, the glass? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but but. And also steals. And, I mean, she could shoot. She could drive. She was a good free throw shooter. It's like she did everything. She was a game changer in the truest sense of the word. And her senior year, she was taking freshmen, uh, you know, out to lunch to make sure they didn't feel lonely. Like, that's that leadership. That's what Brian Evans was talking about. When you're an upperclassman, and look, the coaching staff can't be doing all of that. And it doesn't mean the same even if they are. It's got to come from an upperclassman. And that's that's leadership, not just on the floor, but in the, the game of life. Yeah, you can't teach that. She came in with that. She developed it through obstacles and adversity at Indiana, and she cultivated that, and she had good people supporting her. That but that's she, something her parents gave her. Yeah, that she went to the new head yeah. coach and was and was was being proactive in that relationship while Coach Morin was figuring it out. And that's something where if you're getting your kid to train with her – and you know, okay, well, yeah, they're, you're going to get the the skill set uh, being passed along that she had acquired, but that she is going to be passing along that leadership mindset, that team-first collaborative mindset, that would be a huge part of what you would be paying for. I agree, and you cannot understate, I don't know if I said that You right. can't understate, you can't overstate. You can't, well, you can't, you shouldn't understate. Though okay. you could. Though you could if you wanted to. <laughs> the competitive spirit that she has and the toughness. She is not big. She is tiny. I yeah. mean, she is small. Yeah. And and there are very big women playing college basketball, and she did this in the face of that. Her toughness and her competitive spirit is what separates her 
from just being a great player to being just a legendary player. And so much fun to talk to her. We've been trying to set it up for a while. Uh, hopefully we get to talk to Coach Moore, and I think that would be really fun. I don't uh, know, man. There may be a policy that any people on coaching staff, period, just is going to stay away from us. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm you holding out hope. I'm a glasses-half-full kind of guy. <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now. For now. Uh, all right. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics. No vowels and hysterics. Email us at hysterics at gmail.com. November 16th. Make sure you follow us on Twitter to click on the link. Or go to Peegs to click on the link to reserve your tickets. Hopefully, at T-Bus 3, we'll be there, too. Yes, I think she'll be. Look, I think if people are in town or around, they're going to be there. There's no reason not to be. Well, Just look, for the barbecue. Yeah, and I think there's enough former players that are going to be there that it's really sort of inconsequential that we're going to be there or it's our oh, event. Yeah. We're I, the least I, important people in that room. Yeah, both, both to our listeners, quite frankly, but to other players. Just there's so many within driving distance of Bloomington. If they hear player X, Y, and Z are going to be there, hopefully they're going to show up and surprise us. When, I, when George and... Jeff agreed to do the barbecue. I told him AJ Moye was going to be there, and they're like, oh boy. And then I go, and you know, I said we've interviewed Coverdale and we talked to him, and he said that if, if, you know, schedule's allowed, and George just cut me off. He's like, if, if Tom knows I'm going to be there, Cub's going to be there. <laughs> if I'm going to be there, Cub's going to be there. It may end up being like an informal reunion. Uh, yeah, final, the but 2002 finals reunion. Ted Kitchell, it may be able to come. John Leskowski, bring stop the, by. Bring Brian the custard, Laz. Yeah, so it's going to be a Sharon really good time. Sharon will be there. Sharon will be there. Uh, Colin Hartman potentially will be there. Come on, Colin, if you're listening. We shouldn't say all these names until we know for sure they're coming, but I feel very good about it. They might all bail, but... If not, we'll print out pictures. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put masks over our faces. No, we'll send it into Fathead, right? And they'll actually give us like the jumbo ones we can slap up on the walls of the Bluebird. Exactly right. Uh, thanks again, guys, and uh, tune in next week. Goodbye. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.